the Smash Daily Podcast. Weekdays 4 to 6 on 107.1, the Big Z. Radio for the Riverbend. Mac, by the way, in case anybody do curb, smash with you right here. Smash daily, it is. Otto, do you know what the phone number is into the uh, studio here? Yes, sir. 465 1570. 465 1570. Yeah, in case anybody might, might want to see what happened is guest did not show up in the four o'clock hour. And that's ah, all right. right. I, I got plenty of material. Guest is not going to show up for this particular bit, but. Let's go ahead and salute the blues anyhow with our first song. Tell you what, that's the song that they passed on so we could have Gloria. But thank right. God for Gloria. Was that you? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, they decided to go with Gloria instead. This year they decided to go with Eddie Murphy. Next, that's all right. Next year. Nah, by then I'll be dead. <laughs> you better not be. Better not be, that's right. Uh, but uh, that's a little tune that we did there. Smash band, a little butch wax in the Hollywoods, and put the two bands together, put them together. What do you got? Bibbity bobbity boo. A monster tune like that. Right there. Now, I did put together uh, a highlights reel. It goes about three minutes of the Blues yesterday. And it was a magnificent game until the last one-tenth second of the game. So we'll lead to that particular moment in time. Here we go. Won the Stanley Cup 417 days ago. 
Jay Lewis on the power play. Landeskog in the box for interference. Shen finds Perron. He scores! 1-0 St. Louis. Finds himself all alone over on that left side there. And the puck is put right in the wheelhouse for Braden Shen. And David Perron goes back against the grain on Philip Grubauer. That was a ripper. And now it's Vince Dunn for St. Louis. Justin Falk goes up the middle. Sanford finds Perron on the right side. Now the return. Sanford oh. taken hard into the boards by Landis Gog. And he didn't like it. That, that's a five-minute penalty, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. From that angle, five totally. Five-minute penalty. I mean, right there. I mean, that is a dangerous, reckless play there from the captain of the Colorado Avalanche. Bennington, his conditioning levels look really good. I've been watching in between periods, and... There's no letdown in him at all. He looks really strong. He looks really fit. And he looks ready to go. Now Shen with the puck. Shen works it out to the right circle. And now the Avalanche back the other way. Led by Rantanen. Graves with a shot. He scores. He missed on the first opportunity. And then beats Bennington. Ryan Graves has tied the game at one. The Avalanche three on two. McKinnon going to the net. Rantanen. Graves. Kenny, and then he goes top shelf on Jordan Bennington. It's almost like a drill you would see in practice. Two players attacking the goalie. Bennington doesn't know if Graves is going to pass to his left or his right or shoot it. He decides to shoot it, and Bennington says, oh. 4.40 remaining. Regulation. Game one. Round robin. Tied at one. McKinnon with the puck. Off the glass behind the St. Louis goal. Five seconds. Worked back out to the point from a car. Down to the circle. McKinnon across from Landeskog. Rebound. Score! Nassau Kadri with time winding down. The puck hits the post. There and then there. who had a great chance right before that. Couldn't believe he missed it. He's got an empty net with time expiring. Does this puck cross the goal line before zeros on the board? That's the question. Okay, they let it go. All right. What an, what an ending. <laughs> what an ending. What an ending. That was a magnificent game. What an ending is right. I think... That puck went uh, into the goal with one-tenth of a second left because they showed it on the timer and everything. i tell you what, beyond it being a, a fantastic game yesterday, I loved, myself, the way they did the sound effects for the crowd and the buzzers going off and the horn and all that kind of stuff. They did it just like a game. It sounded just like a game. It did. It was magnificent. Yeah. Bravo to those guys. Completely agree. Love the screens and everything else, too. Way to do it, uh, NHL. That's that's the way you do it. If you can't do it with the crowds up there in the stands, then that was magnifico. That was magnifico. Now, here's what I'm going to ask for you. All right? Now, look at you. You're doing your work. You, you, you're doing your day job when mm -hmm. you get here. Right. So here's what I'm going to ask for you. You're Let's in all my time now, right? That's right. You're doing your day job, right? Right. Well, you're supposed to be doing this job. Hey, I know I'm so doing your job So from this now. moment on, from this moment on, every day, whenever your phone rings, you right. give it to me. Okay. At 5 o'clock. And you answer. And I'll take care of okay. everything. All right? Don't even worry about it. Deal. All right? 
I studied economics right. in, in college. Right. I know economics. All right. I understand I financing. You. Know, well, of course you trust me. Well, yeah. I'm cool as Papa Smash, Dad. Got it. Exactly. You're automatic, man. And you have to answer you, that, too. This oh, I'll cool take Papa care of you. Yeah, yeah, I got that covered, man. Okay. And so you just give me the phone, and I will make all stock trades for you. Okay. If that's your boss, don't even worry about it, man. I will handle that magnificently. And if he's wrong, I'll let him know it. Right. And if he's not, I'll let him know it. Right. And we will herald him and or we shall destroy him. Excellent. As is needed to be. No right? doubts. Trying to help you out. You're I a nice young it. man and trying to get a career in broadcasting. I don't know why when you have a multi-million dollar career going through yourself <laughs> in the world of uh, finance. Now, in a little bit here, right. I am looking forward to you mm-hmm. talking up the uh, the splashdown. I'm very excited. As, I, as soon as I uh, uh, saw it the other day, I thought to myself, man, Auto's going to be on top of this because that is your end of uh, things, correct? Correct. You understand this rocket ship type stuff. I was watching Splashdown live on a golf course yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah, I couldn't miss it. You were so. on a golf course yesterday. Correct. Okay, now let me get something straight. You're on a golf course mm-hmm. yesterday. Right. You're not taking phones while you're doing the golf course, are you? Do I? Have yeah. I in the past? Yes, I have, unfortunately. Uh-huh. I've left. How do you do business like that, man? You know... It's how do you stay with your wife like that? You know, I think that's my question. The better question, I think, is how do you play golf like that? You know, that's a good question because because I've had to leave the golf course (laughs) on multiple occasions. You know, that is a good question. Even in the even in the evenings and afternoons, right? It's just right. Yeah. Now, how do you hit a man? Are you a good golfer? You, you know, I'm I'm decent. I look at you and I don't think so. You know, no, it it would be surprising. You know, I was better in high school. Yeah, I think. and, and decent in undergrad, took a little bit of a break while yeah. I got my master's degree. Getting back into it, pretty okay, pretty mm-hmm. decent handicap, but I'm not uh, I'm not a scratch golfer by any means. I tell you the reason I don't think you are that good a golfer. Right. Because as I see you walk in here, you got just a, you're hobbling just a little bit. Just a little. And that will throw off your game because you ain't right. got the stance. That's right. All right. If you ain't got the stance, number one, you ain't going to hit them. You no. ain't going to just blam them straight ahead. Right. You definitely ain't gonna putt well, right? Because you're leaning, of course. All right. So, keep in mind, maybe just maybe, put a piece, carry a piece of plywood with you. Right. Put that under your left shoe, and that'll level you level off, things off. And boom, you got a game then going I, for yourself. No more, you know, shank you very much. It's fairways all day long, right? <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. My wife's so. better than I am. For the record. Oh, she's a good... She's really? an incredible golfer. It's, really? It's pretty crazy, yeah. I can't wait to get out there playing golf again, man. Anytime. I love playing golf, and I ain't no good, but I love playing golf. It's a blast. It is. It really is. All right, well, sometime we will. We have to stay uh, eight feet apart or something like that, yeah, right? something right. like that. We'll make it work. Where you golf at? So, my wife and I are members at Cloverleaf here in Alton because it's uh-huh. right next to where we live. We can walk there. Nice. So, you know, some, some afternoons or lunch mm-hmm. breaks, if I have 30 minutes, I'll go and chip onto the green or put around Does she beat lunch. you or you let her win, or how does that play? You know, so we play on a handicap system uh-huh. just because she doesn't quite drive well, as yeah, far you, as you I do. You carry the plywood with you, of course. Exactly. Um, we usually play, you know, just for the sake of time, we play best ball. We'll do a scramble. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, I would say, especially yesterday's round, 70% of the shots we played were mm-hmm. hers. You know, we'd, we'd usually play my drives because they go a little longer, but mm-hmm. her shots were more accurate. Well, I'd so. like to apologize to your wife. Right. And that is because you will be away from the golf course tomorrow because you're going to be here. Exactly. Because tomorrow is supposed to be like 78 to 80 degrees the next three days. It's mm-hmm. going to be just magnificent. Beautiful. No rain, beautiful. Exactly right. right. So 
unfortunate for you. But then again, you'll be in here and you'll be making money for the family. Exactly. Because you are on the phone and you're doing what they call nowadays multitasking. Indeed. In the old days, they'd have fired you for that kind right. of stuff, man. You're right. But these ain't the old days. Right. That's where I start smashing it. Have to maneuver my mind to start thinking along the lines of you youngsters, you know? It's because you guys don't really care. You don't. In our day, we took one job, and that was it. That was right. enough to, to help sustain us. Right. Problem is, ain't, uh, you got to do two or three jobs right. anymore. That's true. You know, it's tough. It is. And when America, you don't know this yet. They ain't got it in none of the history books you re- you read over there, at Northwestern, wherever you went. All right. When America, society, and the government, when America forced the moms of the United States to have to work. World because War yeah. Initially, the moms didn't have to work. They took care of the house. They took right. care of the kids. They were there when the kids came home or took them out to school. Right. But when that changed and the moms also had to work, the demise of not only the family but America as we know it. That's just me reminiscing. You know, it's, it's an interesting point. You know, my grandmother, uh, you know, I'm – not unlike yourself, I'm from a family of, of immigrants as mm-hmm. well to this country. From what country? Germany. Impossible. Uh, I know, right? It's, it is crazy. Um, so I was raised, grandmother, she was, you know, the the, yeah. the matriarch. She was home. That's she took right. care That's right. of the kids. And you're right, it's, it's changed. And it, it's funny you mentioned, you know, the changing tides with generations. I was on a phone call today with work talking about um, the the massive divestment in work offices and mm-hmm. the fact that it's yeah. just you know more people i thought this was great we were talking to a real estate investor at work because we have a few different you know portfolios we're looking at in that area and he was saying that the the built home orders that they received since the start of the pandemic yeah there's been one key feature in every home mm. a home office oh yeah definitely. it's been a mandatory piece of every new construction because you look at the googles of the world the twitters the yep. facebooks and they're saying you know what if, if you're seventy percent as productive from home, mm-hmm. stay home. Yeah, because it's going to save us the overhead. We don't have to, you know, the things. Tech companies like Twitter, Facebook, and Google they'll feed you three meals a day, mm-hmm. good meals. Mm-hmm. You show up, they'll give you breakfast, lunch, dinner, mm-hmm. to entice you to stay longer. Yeah, but they're like, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, you're, you're equally as productive from home, so just stay home. So, so using your economic sense, why would you say? And I read it in the St. Louis Business Journal. Mm-hmm. Why would you say that? New big office buildings are being built not only in Clayton but also in Creve Corps. When it looks like the office is going by the way of working from home, you know I think that's a, a really interesting point. I think there is one key aspect to an office that you can't undermine, and I think that's in a startup or entrepreneurial environment. Mm-hmm. I think when you're building a company culture, yes, you need people to be around each other so you can establish a culture. If you're with a, a seasoned company. Say if you're with McKinsey, a long mm-hmm. season consulting firm, you know the culture. It's a little bit easier to work from home mm-hmm. because you have standards. But when you're building those standards and you're building a foundation, I think that that interconnectivity of speaking to your coworkers and peers one on one is is much more paramount. Let me ask you this: man. and interest rates are low, so that doesn't hurt. Would you consider getting rid of this day gig of yours? Because you ought to be a consultant, man. <laughs> you know, it's funny. you got the line, man. I have uh, a handful Bravo. of family, mem- family members in consulting. You ought so. to be a consultant, man. That was my dream. and then To I got, be a consultant? That was one of my dream jobs coming out of grad school, yeah. Uh-huh. And then got hired into private equity, and here we are. Uh-huh. Private equity means what? So think of it like People's this. People's wealth and stuff? Yeah. So we basically, you know, the traditional venture capital sense, you have people... 
with private income from whether that be high net worth investors sure. or institutionalized capital like high end banks like your your PNCs, your Wind mm -hmm. Trust, your mm -hmm. China. China, or a handful of other investment right. banks like um, investment PE banks like Carlyle, KKR, some of these large giants. Luxembourg. Luxembourg, exactly. So what we do is we go and we try to prop up. We're, we're a much different model than tra traditional private equity mm. because historically private equity has been kind of surrounded by the idea of people coming in, buying a company, bashing in knees, firing mm -hmm. and hiring new people. Mm -hmm. And that's not really what we do anymore. And private equity has started to shift away from that. Quite a lot in more recent times because people are more conscious of, you know, treating employees with respect. So what we do, kind of our sort of three main pillars of our organization is we try to go in. And it's made it interesting for a situation like this when we're in the middle of a pandemic because a lot of what we try to do is take small businesses and give them a platform to grow exponentially. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this pandemic, although it's it's not made anything easier on us or any, you know, capital firm for that matter. What has been interesting to see is we have much more opportunities now to capture smaller businesses who may otherwise be failing due to the pandemic, give them the resources and expertise to grow, and then do what we call bolt-on acquisitions. So we'll buy a lot of smaller shops to create one larger entity. They keep doing what they do on the ground level. So if you're, for instance, we're going to acquire some... Uh, online schools mm -hmm. you're running the smash school of broadcasting yes, we purchase you in a handful of other schools Certainly. you keep doing exactly what you're doing the way you're doing it because it works it's created revenue for you mm -hmm. you have a certain amount of runway and we see value in what you're doing mm -hmm. so you keep doing what you're doing we'll take all of the back office stuff that maybe you don't care to do or don't like to do or maybe mm -hmm. in some instances business owners don't know how to do and we'll operationalize that so we'll operationalize the legal the accounting the you know the the reporting SGNA all that kind of stuff and then we'll maximize our margins and then make money and then five to ten years we sell the company and try to make a good uh, carry on it. You know you ought to ditch this day gig with this financial <laughs> operation become a motivational speaker. Oh yeah, so I'm motivated right now. I want to spend some money. Right, I want to buy a building. I want to do something. <laughs> let's let's buy let's, a building. Let's buy the Stratford. I'm telling you upstairs. They're it's working on it right now. I man. saw that. I saw that. Yeah, because yeah. that I would imagine you fix that up. And bring it back to its glory right. days, only oh, modernized. Gosh. Right. Have you seen Back to the Future 2? No. Okay. Well, Biff is the bad guy, right? He has this uh -huh. big Vegas high-rise hotel with these neon blinking lights. Mm. It says Biff's, right? Mm. I say we put some big neon blinking lights on top of the Stratford. Yes. It says Smash School of Broadcasting. Oh, goodness, it's like you're be. in Vegas. Yeah, that would be. We turn this corner into Little Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> that would be fantastic. And we call... The brick road right outside the strip. Exactly. Right on? Exactly. The Grand Theater right across the mm -hmm. way. That could be our Taj Mahal, as they have in, uh, right. in Vegas. Right. My goodness, there's so many things we could do with just this block right here. And it starts with the upstairs, because we're right. on the uh, first level. Right. And upstairs is the actual Stratford Hotel. As I understand it, a magnificent spot in all the hotelery. That uh, is in this St. Louis Riverbend area. That's what I hear. Yeah. In the penthouse, the top. Yeah. That's your new uh, crib. See? Wow. For your that's lip. good, man. Yeah. All right. I think I will uh, go ahead and do that. All right. All right. Deal. So, listen, we'll be back in just a little bit after I take care of sign a few papers and uh, wind up owning this place here. But for the moment, let's get back to hockey. Come on, St. Louis. Let's go, Come on, St. 
testimony. We're going to clear the ice like a Zamboni. All over the hockey universe, the note the news. Stanley Cup, we're coming for you with a St. Louis Blues. time to think about adding on to your house. Now I'm talking about Jersey County Fence and Deck. You can give them a call. I'll throw the number real quick. 618-616-3326. 618-616-3326. And right now, if you call, you make a deal for a new deck to be put on your house, courtesy of Dean Cover and his crew. New fence to be put around your yard, courtesy of Dean Cope. I tell you what. 10% off labor charges, all right? I think I've told you uh, that, you know, you can't do nothing about the charge of lumber. Can't do nothing for the charge of uh, tools, nails, like all that kind of stuff. But 10% off labor, come on with that savings. That's all I can tell you. This is the era of staying at home and doing remote work. Your physical and mental health and well-being come into play. So you get yourself a custom designed to fit you and your needs whether it be a new job or whether it be a repair job on the deck that you already got, hey, it is that office space outdoors that allows you to maybe work at a bigger potential than what you thought you had, all right? And these guys are Trex Wood experts. Don't get me wrong on that. I'm pushing, you know, lumber and all that kind of stuff. But the Trex Wood, that's a nice way to go. They're leading the industry for that kind of uh, type of stuff. But Dean Cover and uh, his crew, they'll come out and maybe it's just a, a makeover that your deck needs instead of a whole new deck. Well, they'll let you know that. You don't have to spend extra money, you know. They'll maximize your comfort with the situation because these are guys who are not only working people, but they got an eye for design, right? They will help you with product selection. They will help find a specialty solution to your particular situation because you might have a house that has a weird yard and so it jags out this way and so you got to make the deck a certain way. Well, these guys know how to do that stuff. They've been doing it all the years, all right? So he, Dean, will help you design the project. He can go video conferencing with you if you want to, if you don't want them at the house because of the COVID and all that kind of stuff. But they're working people just like you, and they will work on making not only your life better with this deck, with this fence around the periphery, because of the fact that not only 
Are you in a mode of self-elevation because you got that deck and it ups your life? Self-preservation because you got that fence around your yard and you got yourself covered as far as protection is concerned. But at the same time, you have something that's going to make your house worth a whole lot more when it comes time to sell. If indeed you do wind up selling down, down the line. So Jersey County Fence and Deck, you can check them out at jcfdonline.com. jcfdonline.com. The number 618-616-3326 to the skies. Supersonic ships at your disposal if you feel so inclined. All right. Nobody gonna travel second class. There'll be equality and no suppression of minorities. All right. Let me take you on a little trip. Kinks right there. That's from uh, one of the great albums. Uh, one of the great titles, Everybody's in Show Business. <laughs> and so that's about right. And that was, what, back in the 60s as far as Ray Davies and his brother and the crew are concerned. So over this last weekend, I don't even remember when they went up. But I tell you what, it was magnificent in its own way. With that in mind, this young man right over here, Automatic, an auto is one of these space nuts. And uh, I tell you what, man, you got yourself some sort of uh, badge or something uh, most recently? Yeah. What, what, what's I, your deal? Well, upon successful return to yes. the planet Earth, I had to get online and order my uh, successful badge, mission ah, badge. That. Uh, yeah. I thought you earned something. You bought well, it I, off of Amazon. No, no, I did also earn something. So as we've yes. talked in the past, a pilot, um, yes. student pilot, I uh, decided, you know what, I should go ahead and get a UAV certification. So uh -huh. an unmanned aerial vehicle certification for uh, drones and things like that. So I went ahead. Oh, you run drones? Commercially, yeah. So I can you get paid for You fly drones Right, yeah. You do? Mm hmm In addition to, to small two-person aircraft like the Vector Sportstar. Real, those are the real planes. <laughs> you know what I see for you down the line. What's that? that? Huge gig. Right. As a spy. As a spy for some country. I'm into that. I'm, I'm telling you, I, what, you'd be a good spy, and I'll tell you why. Because you're so unassuming. No one would expect it, I right? I know it. You look I'm not, at you and say, well, I ain't no spy. I'm not serious. Exactly. You know, I'm just, right. Yeah, exactly. I've been watching a show on Netflix about spies You know that went after the mob in the 70s in New York, 70s and 80s. I don't look anything like mm, them. No. You'd never know. We know jo Bond. Bond. James Bond. Right. Let me hear you say Matic. Automatic. Matic. Automatic. Oh, very, very nice. Pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. That may give it away. Yeah, yeah, that so. might. But you would be a good spy. That's what I'm thinking. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, well, you know, it's just observations. I always tell my boss I want to be, you know, if I ever, you know, I'm not good enough for the current job, hire me yeah. as the private pilot for the company. That's not a bad idea. Right? Pilots I tell them that all the time. Pilots make a lot of moolah, don't they? Indeed. And they get to travel. Yeah. If I could do it over right now, yeah. Yeah. 
I'd choose to be a commercial pilot. Oh, no kidding. True story. They make a lot of money, these guys? They make good money, but I think the real benefit to me is two of my biggest passions, travel yeah. and, and avi- aviation. Have you ever been up in the sky? Oh, yeah. As a pilot? Uh, yeah, several times. Mm-hmm. You're not afraid? You know, not really. Because What happened the first time, Matt? You pee your pants? What happened to you? You know... The first time I went up in the left seat, in the captain's seat, it yes. was it was so exhilarating, to yes. be honest. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's kind of a high. You know, I talked to Miranda about it. Okay, my wife, who yes. does circus, that gives yeah. her her high, right? Yeah. So piloting an aircraft gives me kind of my yeah. high, is the fact that there's it's so technical, mm-hmm. and I think that's what I love about it. You know, it's controlling the fuel mix, controlling yeah. the oil in and out of the engine, controlling the throttle, making sure you're making safe turns, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Controlling airspeed upon yeah. arrival and departure. And was a single uh, engine type of plane you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, jet airliner or what? It's it's a turboprop single engine two seat. You ain't afraid right. of a single engine. Mm-mm, no. What happens if the engine ain't working? Well, th- and that's why your that's when your pilot training kicks in, right? Ah. So I have to you ke- you never stop flying the plane until yes. you've stopped and you're on the ground. Yes. So in the event that an engine failure occurs, you know you go through the checklist and yeah. then you try to land uh, the safest way possible. Mm-hmm. We have a, a complaint on board. The uh, you got eight passengers behind you, and they, they say, you know, how do you handle the complaints? You're the pilot. Well, if it's a turbulence complaint or if people are nervous, yeah. you just always assure them that it's just a natural part of. of how about air the, travel. one of the passengers? Somebody stole these peanuts. Well, if that happens, that's when I pass it on to the flight crew, the flight attendants. They handle that. I just have to fly the plane. Exactly right. Bravo to you, young man. Well, they flew this thing. When did they take off on this uh, deal? Exactly. 60 days ago, Uh Bob and Doug left from uh, Cape Canaveral, Florida Kennedy Space Center. Can can I stop you for a second? Yeah, for sure. Why Bob and Doug? Why not Commander this and Commander that? You know, I you know that's a really interesting point, it, and it got coined as first name basis for this. And I think the reason being is because this whole campaign is called Launch America. Yes, and the idea behind it is to humanize the astronauts. Exactly that right. That yeah. is exactly right, my man. Bravo to you. You caught it all. Well, let's play the let's way it, it took off, and let's play the way it uh, came back. Here we go. Stage one tanks pressing for flight. T minus fifteen seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff of the Falcon 9 and Crew Dragon. Go NASA. Go SpaceX. Godspeed. Bottom dog. America has launched. So rises a new era of American space flight, and with it the ambitions of a new generation continuing the dream. 20 seconds into flight, stage one propulsion is nominal. T plus 30 seconds into this historic mission. Flying crew on board Dragon and Falcon 9, and look at them go. Falcon power telemetry nominal. M1D throttle down. We're throttling down to get ready for the period of maximum dynamic pressure. We're in the throttle bucket. Reports say all systems are go. Vehicle is supersonic. We've exceeded Mach 1 on the Falcon 9. M1D throttle up. 
We're throttling back up to full power as we're through Max-Q. Copy, one Bravo. So that was blast off. Here's splash down. Dragon re-entering, has just re-entered the Earth's atmosphere after departing from the International Space Station. We have a gorgeous shot of four healthy parachutes um, deployed and slowing the vehicle down as it is approaching the surface of the Atlantic Ocean uh, off the coast of Florida. And it's continuing to descend under those chutes. We just passed 500 meters. Everything continuing to look good via reports to all the flight control teams. Now we're at about 400 meters. In 300 meters, continuing to descend, we might be right on time. We were planning on splashing down at about 5.45 a.m. Pacific, and we're getting real close to that bingo time. Just past 200 meters. And we have confirmation that Dragon is now under 100 meters, uh, is 100 meters above the, the surface of the ocean. So next up, standing by for splashdown. Splashdown came right on time, 5.45 a.m. Pacific, 8.45 a.m. over on the East Coast. The teams that have been ready and waiting, they were staged just a few nautical miles away. They're going to start moving in now. You can see those two fast approach boats already speeding their way towards the capsule. And there we have confirmation of Splashdown. Dragon has returned to planet Earth. It is now back home. I tell you what, man, that was a monumental moment in time. You know what gets me about that whole deal? What's that? Is that they're supposed to splash down at 545. And they did. Exactly. That was was a while. And practically right on target, too, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. How how does that happen? So it's it's something called orbital mechanics. All right. It's it's the study of how an object moves around mm-hmm. the Earth given mm-hmm. the level in the atmosphere it's sitting in. Uh-huh. And on top of that, the forces that are pushing against it at yeah. certain points in the atmosphere. Right. So it, it all really comes down to distance traveled. Now, when you're talking about something like an orbital spacecraft that's re-entering the atmosphere, it's usually measured in miles per second mm. as opposed to miles per hour because it's moving so quickly. Mm. And, you know, you have some really smart mathematicians who can just break it down yeah. to an exact what second. It is, yeah. yeah. How come that ship don't blow up and or so heat up that it melts as it's coming down as 3,500 degrees? Right. So, What's interesting about that is there's something actually around the capsule, the the orbital capsule, called thermal shielding, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same sort of stuff that was on the Apollo capsules back in the in the 60s, mm-hmm. right? It's not so asbestos. It, it's I, I hope it's not asbestos. Yeah, I'll right? call environmental resources <laughs> exactly, now. and yeah. we'll get him down there to NASA and taking care of it. But yeah, it's just some thermal shielding material that surrounds the outside to make sure uh-huh. that the temperatures, the temperature displacement is safe. And enough. it shields against thirty five hundred degrees. That's what's amazing yeah. to me. It is pretty incredible. So you, automatic producer of this show, happy mm-hmm. go lucky guy, financier to the stars during the day. I don't know what else you wind up doing. I think you probably hold your wife's. Uh, you know, a big, long thing 
that she walks tightrope with at right. Big Bar, Balance Bar. Exactly. And uh, how do you get off like a big dog on this stuff, man? I, I think the reason it's so impactful to me is because it was one, I was a kid who had a lot of dreams. And you mm-hmm. can ask my family, anyone mm-hmm. who knew me, I loved a lot of things and I was kind of obsessed with a lot of things. And radio turned them into nightmares? Radio turned them into nightmares, okay. exactly. Continue, please. Um, interestingly, broadcasting was one of those things, which is why I'm nice. the crazy person that comes here after working eight to five, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, one of those things was space travel and aviation. You know, I, I once dreamt of being an astronaut, and mm-hmm. I was obsessed with airplanes, obsessed with rockets and things like that. So aside from those sor- sort of small ancillary reasons why I love it, I think it's what it stands for, too. And I think not not enough people recognize what it stands for. You know, I hear a lot of people say, why do we spend so much money on a program going to space when we have so many yeah. problems here on Earth? Right. And I think a lot of it has to do with not only the developments that come from this kind of research. I mean, NASA, you know, was single-handedly involved in developing a handful of medicines that are used every single day. But in addition to that, I think we're realizing through space travel, through through NASA, through SpaceX, name your favorite aerospace company, we're learning how small we are in the grand scheme of things. And I think that's what's most exciting to me. Yeah. But, you know, this mission in in particular, why it's so exciting to me is, you know, if you look at kind of the the, the weight of the history of it, right? So the the rocket launched from Pad 39, which is where all the Apollo missions, right? That that Mm -hmm. was famously called the moon port in the 60s. That took humans to the moon. I remember all that. That's right. And... You know, just think, we haven't launched a shuttle from U.S. soil since 2011. I mean, yeah, the STS-135, Atlantis. So how monumental is this to the future of this country? It's absolutely Mm earth-shattering. I mean, we no longer have to rely on the Russians to use their Soyuz spacecraft to enter, you know, low Earth orbit to, to reach the International Space Station. But I think even more importantly, we now have, not only do we have a low Earth orbit spacecraft, you know, t- sp- SpaceX in, in specific is also working on a deep space spacecraft that will mm. take us to Mars, right? Yeah. The, the the SpaceX Falcon 9 capsule that just launched with Endeavor on board, mm-hmm. that will take us to low Earth orbit and back to the moon. And I think the reason this is so important, and this is where it gets kind of sci-fi, but I think it's the first real step that we've had as a species to becoming a multiplanetary species. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds crazy to so many people, yeah. but for the first time in our history, it's become a real possibility. Mm-hmm. So now, what is the importance of the fact that it's one main dude, Elon Musk, right, who is the front for this whole deal? Right. I think the importance of that... In addition to the fact that there's an entire team of people, you know, of course, working sure. behind and under him to build the program, the importance of that is simply due to the fact that we no longer have to rely on the bureaucracy of the government to get us into space. Right. You know, this is a private company, and I think even more so, it speaks to the American dream. You know, we have a lot of problems happening in this country right now. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that. But Elon Musk is a great example of the American dream. He's a South African immigrant. He came to America to start his three companies because he says, you know, this is the only place in the world where I could do this. Right? You ever seen his mom? Yeah, May. She's a big time model. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Just released a book, actually. I've heard it's pretty good. My mom would have looked like that. I'd have never left the house. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, why would you? Continue, Uh, please. (laughs) But I think you know the single-handed importance of that is uh, kind of a highlight of what Drive can do. I mean, this. Yeah. You just think, his heroes, people that I consider my heroes as well, and everyone else who's interested in aviation and space travel, told him when he started SpaceX 
that he was crazy. Yeah. It would never happen. There's Sorry. actually a Wall Street Journal article that specifically said SpaceX will never leave the ground because their their spacecraft are made of duct tape and paper. Uh-huh. And we just yeah. successfully docked, undocked, and splashed down from the International yeah. Space Station. Do you think the actuality of man being on Mars will occur within your lifetime? And if so, what is the importance of Mars? It's do, so far away. Right. Why, why go all the way? Do I do I think we will land a human on Mars yeah. in my life? I think we will land a human on Mars within your lifetime. Wow. I tomorrow? really do. <laughs> you know, if it's limited tomorrow, we may be pushing it. Right, okay. But I really do think we will. And I think the importance of that is starting to, I mean, just as we recently talked, you know, the Pentagon recently released that we have spacecraft, That's right. aircraft that were not of this world. So yeah. there's reason to believe it's not conclusive evidence yeah. but there's reason to believe that we may not be the only ones mm-hmm. out there how about you you're an aerospace dude you believe that stuff you know i think the probability of us being the only living civilization uh in a galaxy as large as ours you know i wouldn't say that there's evidence overwhelming evidence to prove that we are but i would say that there's not overwhelming evidence to prove that we aren't now mm-hmm. what that what that it looks like maybe completely different. I don't know if it's fully developed, you know, sentient beings like we are. Yeah. But I think the existence of microorganisms on other, you know, planetary surfaces is very highly likely. Mm-hmm. I would say the probability of that's pretty high. All right. Would you say that alien beings are more like those that came down in the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still or the movie Attack from Mars? I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to say the day the Earth stood still, probably. Yeah, because they're intelligent beings. Intelligent beings. I mean, exactly. let's be real. They built the pyramids here. You exactly know? We, right. we both know we didn't build those things. Have you read Chariots of the Gods? Of course, yeah. I mean, no, I, you I watch a, I watch a lot of History well, Channel. Yeah, right. You know? yeah, yeah, right. So. But uh, that's the assignment that I'm going to give you. All right. As of right now. All right? Because I'm trying to develop this young man right, right. here. All right? So... He's got a nice little shot on radio, magnificent job producing and everything. Brought his wife in as a tearjerker moment last week. And uh, everybody loved his wife. And you got to bring her back. She's so lovely. They're a wonderful couple. It's like, holy mackerel, what have I done? Anyway, so here's what I'm saying. Chariots of the Gods, Eric Von Doniken, that is your assignment, sir. I'm on. All right. Excellent. By this time next week. Deal. All right. Beautiful. That is automatic. Smash with you right here. Smash daily, always, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 o'clock, right here on WBGZ. Supersonic ships at your disposal if you feel so inclined. All right. Nobody gonna travel second class of the equality and no suppression of minorities. All right. Let me take you on a little trip. 